everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we are coming to the end of Season 3 here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and all that I can say is Season 4, folks, is shaping up to be even more incredible. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach. I'm stretching a little bit. I'm a little sore back here. I'm I'm feeling my age. Avrami, you know what's going to happen? Sorry. Good morning, Avram. Good morning, and Boker Tov. Boker, or to you, I just want you to know that at the start, please God, of um, Season 4, I just want to put everything in perspective. At the start of season four, I will have turned 40. <gasps> Mazel tov. Yeah. Okay. It's great. Happy anniversary, everybody. It's great. No, the um, Jamie's planning a big uh, celebration for my birthday, otherwise known as the launch kickoff for season four. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. You'll hear from me over the summer, folks. That's for sure. But the official end of season three is this week. But of course, we will have programming for you the entire summer long. There will be a couple of encores, as you know, during the three weeks. That's standard, but you can certainly look forward to new programming during the summer for many, if not all, of your hosts. But the, we, we like to have an official kickoff, frankly, because I like a good party. That's really what it's about, and that'll take place, please God, at the beginning of September. And we are coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side. This Thursday morning, I am joined by Mrs. Turkel. Yeah, she likes the way that sounds. Yep, Jamie's here. Jamie's back from Shevabrachas. That's why we've all grown up and been mature and things are getting more Masudar around here because things were wacky while she was having Shevabrachas, but Baruch Hashem, she's back. Mazal Tov again to both Jamie and to Yoi. And we have Avram, who's been in New York all week. How's it feel? Uh, Feels part, better, don't it? Parts of it are very good. <laughs> parts of it, like, except when I have to go anywhere or park, everything else is good. Oh, don't be that guy. That, no, it's, don't be that it's guy. True, it's You're like, true. You know, I, I can't. <laughs> no, you can. You can dig deep. Why is it so bad? It is so bad. But it's the summer. It's like everybody's right. I gone. Had to, I had to look twenty minutes for parking when I was going somewhere yesterday, and I and after the twenty minutes, it was a block and a half away. So I'm just saying, it's being here is good. It's just it's better if you don't have to go anywhere. Okay. Or if you don't need a car. You That's know good what? Too. You know what you need to do? Yes. You need to go back to Baltimore. I'm from here, so I can say. No, you can't. <laughs> You're not from here anymore. I'm you always live there. from here. No. Yes, I come here no. every week. Yes. No. Do you drive slower now? Um, I don't oh, remember. Oh, see, I had to think I about that. By the way, when I become. Not on the highway. <laughs> when I become governor, do you know what my first role is going to be? No, I'm not running for governor, but that's not the point of the story. Do you know what I'm going to, what my first law is going to be? Please enlighten us. I am going to ban anybody without a New York license from driving in the left lane of any New York highway. No, on the highway, I drive faster. My husband has possibly told me that that's constitutionally um, impossible, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we can make some exceptions. You know why? I don't beep anymore. You don't honk? No, but that wasn't just because I moved. you moved. just said I don't beep. I what don't does beep. that mean? You ever? Honk, 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 honk. honk. <laughs> All the right. song is beep beep, not honk honk. Hashtag go back to Baltimore. Okay, <laughs> no, no, no. We have to stop this conversation because it's becoming painful. Um, and you're 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 becoming an Orioles fan, aren't you? I'm not really a baseball fan. Oh God! But nim gidalti veromamti vehem ubi. If you are a new listener to the show, thank God this is the end of the season. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you're a returning listener. Thanks, as always, for making us part of your day. Follow us on Twitter, Nachum Siegelnet, all one word, Miriam L. Wallach, all one word. We'll be doing a tremendous amount of traveling this summer. You definitely want to stay tuned for that. Nachum has been announcing that we will be in Houston, please God, with a new show this week. We are in Houston to cover, to cover the recovery efforts there from the various flooding. It came to my attention that they got hit again yesterday and that they are getting hit again today with a tremendous rainfall. So... Yeah, it, they're, they are in desperate need of our collective help from the collective Jewish community, and we are going to Houston to draw attention 
to the efforts there. We hope you t- you will too t- you will tune in. I'll be fine. You will tune in. That again is Wednesday morning on JM and the AM. That's from six to nine Eastern time on Wednesday morning. National holidays here in the U.S. Yes, the fireworks are uh, they're scheduled for this Shabbos. Not because it's Shabbos, but because here in the United States is it is July Fourth weekend. So uh, if you're looking to go somewhere tomorrow, you should probably call to see if they're open. People are taking a longer holiday. Uh, it's also somebody's birthday. Happy birthday, Jamie! Correct. Happy birthday, Jamie. Are the fireworks? Oh, that was a nice touch. We've never done that. Had oh, you, she can't hear it. Oh, well, the rest of us can. We're, we're <laughs> applauding you. Um, so, yeah, Jamie's ho- birthday, not a national holiday, but still we're celebrating it here. Today, by the way, is Made in the USA Day. It's also World UFO Day, which sort of makes sense for the people I just passed on the street. Compliment Your Mirror Day is tomorrow. That's pretty narcissistic. I'm not exactly sure how that works. Um, it's also Stay Out of the Sunday tomorrow. And, Avrami, yes. it's Superman Day. All right. Yeah, exactly. I thought you would like that. So Superman Marathon, all the movies back-to-back from the morning till Shabbos. And it's a late Shabbos, so (laughs) imagine how much you could accomplish. Um, But holding for us on the line, um, as we get to our interview, I know, Avrami, we're we're having a good time talking about Superman, but there actually is a pressing story that we need to get out because there's a big event coming up in in the Five Towns area. Wednesday, July 22nd, on Vav Av, there will be a Seum and Barbecue benefiting Pua. At the home of uh, Beth and uh, at the home of the Honigs on 61 Muriel Avenue in Lawrence. And joining us today is Rabbi Gideon Weitzman, who's a visiting principal associate at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, Medicine and the director of the Pua Institute. He heads the organization's English-speaking section for fertility and medicine in accordance with halacha, otherwise known as Jewish law. Good morning, Rabbi Weitzman. Hi, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Let's talk a little bit about PUA. I know it is a, it is a, an organization, it's an institute that has been around for a while, established in 1990. Some people are more familiar with it um, than others for numerous reasons. Either they've had personal interactions or they know others who have. But let's talk for a second about the establishment of PUA and, and the service that it provides. Okay, thank you very much. Um, good morning to you and um, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, Pool was established, as you say, um, in 1990, started very, very small, small beginnings, and was established to really help couples who are on a journey to have children and are experiencing difficulties, um, either getting pregnant, staying pregnant, um, and this has become a large question and a big issue in the Jewish community uh, worldwide, and who was established to be able to guide these couples, to help them in the halachic uh, questions, to help them also with the um, navigating the medical system. And we also provide supervision service in order to ensure that there's no mistake that could possibly be made in the lab um, in order to ensure that there is a uh, absolute bona fide knowledge mm-hmm. that uh, everything was done according to halacha and according to the wishes of the couple. Um, so as I said, we started very small in um, some, basically in someone's basement, <laughs> in Rav Borstein's basement, who was the founder. Today we are an international organization, and we have supervision worldwide. We have presence worldwide uh, in New York, in uh, Los Angeles. In we have uh, an office in Paris, here in Jerusalem, um, as well as supervisors literally all over the world. So wow. um, uh, as you say, a lot of people have heard of us because we've also try to educate. We try to educate rabbis and doctors and the public, uh, medical professionals, students, 
Um, and we are hoping to uh, have this uh, event, as you said, which will bring more people into awareness of the issue and also, Baruch Hashem, of the solutions that we have. Let me ask you a question by Weitzman. Um, and I am I'm not speaking from from firsthand experience. Thank God I, I did not um, go through the struggles that many couples do. And, I, and my husband and I you're, are you're very lucky. blessed. Yes, I know that 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 is 100 percent for sure. So so here, I guess, is the first question. When does a couple go from we are trying to have a baby to the point where they say, I think we have a problem? It's a great question. Um, generally, the fertility organizations worldwide define fertility or uh, infertility or fertility challenges as trying to have a baby for about a year unsuccessfully. Um, and there's medical reasons why that's the case um, due to the conditions, due to the possibility of getting pregnant. So it's about a year. But you may, we have couples who are maybe a little older, in which case... They don't want to wait a year because we know that fertility decreases with age. Right. And we also have people who know that they have a previous condition. I had a couple here this morning who uh, came to visit me. He underwent as a young man, and when he was 12, he had Hodgkin's disease, a type of cancer, mm. and he had uh, radiation therapy. He already knows that he has a problem because that radiation and the chemotherapy can affect fertility. Right. So they came, they didn't, they didn't wait for that year because they knew already they had a pre-existing condition. So what we try to do at PUA is when a, when a couple comes, and couples come really across the broad. We have couples who've been married for a short amount of time who come, couples that have been married and tried and done lots of things and are now coming to find out what are their other options. What we do, which is essential, I think, is we take a full medical history and see what it is that they've done so far, uh, time of ovulation and their... Uh, um, a lot of what is going on in their lives and a lot of history, as you said, those things that may be appropriate that were in the past uh, in order to be able to guide them and sometimes to say to them, sometimes the answer is, you know, you're, you're probably okay. You should wait for a few months. Everything right. seems to be okay. And sometimes you say, well, you have a problem. There's, you should, really should be able to try to at least do something uh, now, have some testing or to start even doing treatment. So there are times that a couple comes to you and maybe they're just a little nervous. Maybe they're just, oh, it seems like everyone else got pregnant faster. And you're like, listen, sometimes it oh, does. Sure. It does. You need to be a little bit of patient. <laughs> Definitely we have that. Look, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure in getting married and getting having children. And we also, as uh, we said, just said that people sometimes get married later. Um, so that can be a... That can be a very, very important factor. But there's also a lot of pressure. We, we live in communities where there's a lot of children. It's very child-based. Right. And if you're not having children, you said you know, you, you're fortunate to have children, but if you're not having children, you look around shul or you look around mm-hmm. uh, on the street and, and you're in the supermarket, everybody's got kids. Right. Everybody's got kids. Of course, that's not true. We have about one in six couples have challenges having children. So it's very common. But... Um, but you look around and say everybody's having children, and that pressure, A, can be a result of infertility, but that, of course, can also cause infertility. Right, so a stress. lot of what we do, and I think a lot of the beginning counseling, is just to calm people down mm. and just to be able to, to say, you know, even if you do need to have a treatment, you're a much better candidate, you're a much better patient when you're coming into it calmly and right. knowing what is it I'm going to face and what are the challenges I'm going to have, what are the halachot going to be, and someone's supporting me and behind me, and it's going to be supervised and it's going to be okay. You're a better patient than someone comes in who's very nervous right. and um, um, may, may 
that may, as we say, affect the ability to get pregnant. We say that in in, in general, information is empowering. I would guess that in oh. this case, it's it's even more so. Definitely, I agree. I agree with that statement. Information is always empowering, but you have to have the right information. You know, um, there's a lot of information out there. A lot of people come, they've seen on the internet, they've read, they've read an article, <laughs> they heard from a friend, right. they uh, saw a TV program, sure. right? So that information isn't so empowering. That information can, in fact, give you disinformation. I'll give you an example. A woman called me yesterday. There's a new treatment going on in England um, where they're taking mitochondria. Mitochondria are the little batteries inside the cell, the, basically the energy of the cell. And there are certain people who have mitochondrial disease, which means that there's a problem with the mitochondria in their cells. And they did a treatment, and it's all over the world, but it's made headlines because in England there was legislation about it, and it's become legal reasonably recently. And so they're taking mitochondria from one woman and transplanting them into the body, into the, sorry, the, the eggs of another woman. And that's quite a, that's quite a, a cutting edge and technological advance. The woman called me up yesterday and said, I just heard about this treatment in England, and I want to go through that because that'll help me. And, and within a few minutes' discussion, it was clear to me, and I hopefully I conveyed that to her, that that's a great advance, but that's not good for her. Mm. That will not solve the particular case that she has. Um, and so it's very important, and I think that's where Pua excels, is giving uh, correct information and mm. really giving... Um, couples and, and individuals, information that is very relevant to their case, not only to a general uh, case or a general uh, type of fertility challenges. Right. It sounds like the information, because you do so much intake of information, the information you can get back is tailored to that couple. And so I, I which is which is not only laudable, but it's super responsible. Um, and sometimes, you know, organizations don't go that extra mile because, because they don't, but the fact that Pua does obviously lends to the fact that um, you're providing a different kind of service. You're speaking to a different kind of client. So I guess that lends to my next question. How much uh, couples therapy, counseling with a, with a couples therapist, do these couples go through as well in trying to work with Pua to, to, uh, to have a child? So you should know that um, there's been a lot of research about couples therapy and about generally calming down or generally reducing pressure. Again, there's a sort of a, a, a misconception that, oh, if you just calm down, then you'll get pregnant. That's not true for a lot of people. That's true in some cases, but it's not true for most people. Most people have an objective problem. It's not going to be solved by calming down. But there is a mind-body relationship. There's a relationship between how our, our, our uh, attitude to our condition, that definitely does affect our body. Um, and there's been a lot of research on that in the past uh, couple of decades. And so many uh, clinics in America have a psychologist on board, that they're part of the clinic, and that many people are encouraged to go and see, and encouraged to our counselor, encouraged to go. Unfortunately, that's not always good for our couples because a Jewish couple have a like, maybe different approach than maybe other, other couples. And uh, there's a whole, again, there's a halachic element to it, as we said. So Pua, a lot of what our counseling is, is doing that, is helping couples um, to face the challenge, to face it well, and hopefully to overcome it and to be um, very focused on the way that they're going to overcome that problem. We look at the problem that 
something that can be challenged and, and can be overcome together. Um, but there are many couples that will send to a, that, that need to have a therapist. There was a couple here yesterday who um, there's a dissonance between what he wants and what she wants. She <laughs> wants to go through a treatment, and he's not yet ready for that treatment. And so they needed a couple counseling in order to find that middle path that would be good for them in order for them to continue to get pregnant. You know, there's a very, very fascinating midrash. The midrash says that uh, um, Shimshon's mother, the angel, appeared to her. And in fact, one of the midrashim explains why did it appear to her and not to her husband, uh, Manoch, because the, they were having fertility challenges, and they both blamed each other. Oh, it's because of you. Oh, it's because of you. And the angel came first to came to them to prepare them to do couple therapy for them, that they should be, on the, they should be fused yeah. together as a unit before they were able to overcome their fertility challenges and to be able to get pregnant. And uh, if that's good for the malach, that's got to be good for us. As wow, well. <laughs> that is a that is that is a nice madrash. We are we are on the phone <laughs> with Rabbi Gideon Weitzman, who's the director of the Pua Institute. Pua will be having a benefit in the five towns on July twenty second. Um, it is a benefit barbecue at eight p.m. There is a welcome, and at eight thirty there is a siyum, which means that if you want to be part of the meet, you got to be part of the siyum. The event is taking place at the home of Beth and Yehuda Honig at sixty one Muriel Avenue in Lawrence, and it is my understanding, Rabbi Weissman, that it is you who'll be making the siyum. That's hopefully we we <laughs> study. Not uh, I think that any. Anybody who's in the area of halacha and medicine has to be also studying Torah as well on a regular basis. So, Baruch Hashem, we're going to do a siyum. And um, generally, you know, we don't, do a, we don't do a siyum during the nine days. We don't eat meat. But I think that it's such an important cause and such an important event for people to become aware, to know what Pua is about, to hear about it, to be able to um, come and speak to me I'm, uh, as personally or to uh, raise for their own, for themselves or for family members. I think it's a very, very important event, and uh, I very much encourage people to come. Cool. It's a great thing that in all these events that we have, and we have, we've had these many, many times all over, all over the world and, and all over North America, at every event somebody comes up to me and says, oh, it's a shame that, that you weren't around when I was having my problem mm. having my kids. And somebody else comes up and says, oh, I've just been waiting for you my whole life wow. now. You know, this and this and this is my challenge. Wow. So not only is it a good benefit, but it's also a great opportunity to uh, spread out awareness and to be able to meet couples. Pua provides counseling, guidance, and support for fertility, for genetics, for intimacy, and for tired hamishpacha. And it says on the information that I have that you handle 400 phone calls a day. We get calls from literally all over the world. Wow. I have couples in India who call up and... Uh, um, I had a Shabbat Shlicha from China, wow. and she told me she's in Phnom Penh in China. She was calling for somebody in their community. Mm. She told me 17 million people live in her city. There are 700 <laughs> Jews. I said, 17 million? That sounds like a huge city. I can't believe it. I looked it up online. She's wrong. It's actually 30 million people <laughs> live in that city, um, 700 Jews, and she's calling for somebody in their community. Wow. Um, and we have more mainstream places, so we have... Uh, South Africa, Australia, uh, all throughout Europe, of course, Israel, England, uh, North America, South America, Canada, uh, anywhere where there are Jews and there are challenges. We said one in six couples have a question and have some problems getting pregnant. And so there's a lot of couples. And we've had about 50,000 people go through Pua wow. um, with uh, fertility challenges. Of course, we have a lot of Tarata Mishpacha questions as well. 
people are calling for for um, either related to fertility, often not related at all to fertility. Um, and so, Baruch Hashem, we are very busy. So, so with all of the different clients that you have calling from, from around the world, and we only have a few minutes left, tell me how you Good. deal with the clients who have come from varying backgrounds. I mean, I imagine that the, the woman from India is not necessarily holding, you know, in the same, in the same way that the, uh, that the Ashkenaz uh, American living in Woodmere necessarily is holding <laughs> and vice versa. So how do you deal with the varying yeah. backgrounds of the clients that you reach? That's very good. We, I mean, we definitely uh, ask people, you know, what is your, who's your rav? Who do you follow by? We don't come with an agenda that this is the halakha and you have to follow us. I think that sets poor apart from, from other people doing similar things, is that we come and say, if they, exactly as you said, you have a Sephardi couple, they're going to get upset because we've spent a lot of time researching and speaking to the Gedolim, speaking to Rav Avadi Yosef, and speaking to Rav Yoshev, and speaking to, to all of the poskim in Eretz Israel and, and around the world. And so when a couple comes and says, we follow Rav Avadia, so they're going to get a psak that's appropriate to what happened, to what's with Rav Avadia. I had a case like that today. A couple wow. said, we hold like Rav Avadia Yosef. What is the law on such and such? And they got a psak that was appropriate for them. Wow. And that's very important because, uh, as you said, people are coming from different places, religiously and, and ethnically. Mm-hmm. And uh, we really think it's important to tailor-make tailor make our, our answers, halachic answers, to there um, to the community or to the person that we're speaking to. And of course, uh, medically, it's also appropriate. You know, I can't send somebody in India, they have to come to Israel or they have to go to America uh, in the same way that somebody who's in America can't always travel to another right. state or travel to another doctor. So we have to try and find, um, and we have a huge network of doctors and connections to be able to uh, link them with a person who'll be good in, as close as possible and uh, to be able to help them in their challenge. Pua Institute's Rabbi Gideon Weitzman, I thank you, Weitzman, I thank you so much for joining me on, on the phone today and continued Hatzlacha in all of your endeavors. People can go to puaonline.org for more information about Pua in general. Um, I do want to make mention that at the top of the website, there is an opportunity to donate, keeping in mind that the growth of the Jewish community is something that we all need to be responsible for. This is certainly a Kol Yisrael Arevim Zeh Lazeh or Zeh Bazeh kind of a moment. Uh, Rabbi Weitzman, thank you so much, and uh, good luck in the five towns. Thank you so much, and good <laughs> luck to you. Thank you very much for having me today. Uh, absolute pleasure. Thank you. Again, that information is the Pua Benefit Barbecue will take place July 22nd at the home of Beth and Yehuda Honig at 61 Muriel Avenue in Lawrence. It's 8 p.m. Welcome, 8.30 c.m. Again, you can go to puaonline.org for more information. You've been listening to That's Life here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am Miriam L. Wallach. The live lunch will start in just a few minutes. I am hijacking the beginning of the show. Uh, yes, Avrami, I'm hijacking the beginning of the show. We have a full afternoon of programming right after the live lunch ends at 1 p.m. It is Fink or Swim with Rabbi Eliyahu Fink. He is hosting the stunt show today, joining Rabbi Fink, and he will be live in the studio. He is in from Los Angelinos. Uh, he will be joined by Rabbi Danielle Katz of the Elevation Project. They'll be discussing discussing what is next for Orthodox Judaism. Join Nachum tomorrow morning from 6 to 9 as the host JMNAM live here on the stream. NachumSiegel.com, JMNAM.org, 91.1, 90.1, and 91.9 FM. Yes, you can hear the relief in my voice when I say that because now that I'm saying that, I'm not actually sitting in for Nachum and saying that like I did yesterday. That is nerve-wracking. The weekly update is scheduled for 
Tomorrow morning at 7.40 a.m., of course, with Malcolm Holmline. Naomi presents Table for Two at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Jamie Yeller joins the program. Seth Levitt of Abel's and Hyman, Pitmaster and barbecue expert Mordecai Strix. And finally, a fourth guest, Rabbi Mendel Siegel, creator of the Rabbi Q Barbecue Spices and Barbecue Sauce, will be on as well. Next week, Naomi, Naomi will be live from Gourmet with a supersized nine days Table for Two from 9 to 10.30 a.m., don't miss it. If you hear the music coming up in the background, that is not a mistake. It is not the voices in your head. It is Ve'ata by Simcha Liner. It's the last track off of his Pischi Lee album. Uh, we all focus on the first half of the album with Pischi Lee and Me, 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 and for all good reasons. But I got to tell you something. You got to listen to this song. You are absolutely going to love it. Saturday night programming, Saturday night sequel hosted by Avrami Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson. That's at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Eastern Time is Headlines with David Lichtenstein. J.M. Sunday with Matis from 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And just a reminder about the Wednesday morning broadcast from Houston from of J.M. in the A.M. Happy 4th of July to everyone. Easy fast to all. A safe summer. I will speak to you soon. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.